instead of building a plan around the current life you have, why don't we figure out what is your dream life and then build a plan to get you there. You are listening to Off the Struggle Bus, a podcast where we talk to millennials in public service and experts in personal finance. I'm your host, MJ. With over 10 years in local government, nonprofits, and national campaigns, I'm here to make you feel less alone in getting your money right. Some of you may know I attended FinCon a few weeks ago. I realized really quickly I was surrounded by a wealth of information and really amazing humans. Gabriel Walters is one of them. Gabe is a CFP, the gold standard for financial planning professionals. It means he's required to act in the best interest of the people he works with and is required to obtain continuing education credits, kind of like a lawyer does CLE, but for finances. In this episode, we take some time to reflect on our first FinCon experience and what it meant to us. Gabe also talked me through some foundational thoughts about personal finance since I'm at the beginning of my journey. Now for the first part of the conversation. If you ever wondered what it's like to go to a money conference like FinCon, let me and Gabe share our experience. Thank God for growth, because I'm like, whoa, I thought that video was okay. And now I'm like, whoa, but you know, you, you, it's part of the progress, it's part of the journey. I remember going into FinCon saying, oh no, what am I going to talk about when I meet all these people? And that's why I had that first off the struggle bus trailer on Spotify, which I know was basura, but like <laughs> it was something to anchor the conversation in, you know? Uh, I feel like kind of going into FinCon being a first timer, you don't know what to expect. So you're trying to prepare in my journey of being a first timer kind of going in was seeing Gigi when she posted and she was like, Hey, does anybody want to connect? And I'm like, dang, she's connecting with everybody. I've only made one connection. You go through the app trying to find who is all these people I can connect with. And really what I feel like I learned is that some of the best connections, you can't just go through somebody's profile and say, hey, I want to connect with this person. This is going to be the right person. I mean, look how organically you and I met. Then with Gigi, she just put a message out there. But some of the best connections I met were random, just walk up to people, somebody sitting down eating, you start eating with them. And then all of a sudden, you guys are the best friends for the next. I mean, we're still best friends <laughs> multiple weeks later. I definitely was kind of on some of that struggle before FinCon where I was like, dang, I got to figure this out. And then sometimes you just got to let it happen. Being a first timer to FinCon too, going into that orientation, I just felt like, oh no, this is first day of school vibes <laughs> and I didn't know anybody. I went to this conference by myself, right? And just the whole foundation of the orient. Did you go to that first timers orientation? I went to the one on Wednesday with Hassan and they were dressed up yes. in like a robe and stuff. Yeah. Yes, like, yes. Yeah, I was in that room too. too. Yes, I was there. Yes. Oh my gosh. So yeah, Hassan and and I'm forgetting the woman's name, but they were so I think awesome. It was Brittany and like, Green. Uh, I think. Ah, yes. Yes. The way they set the foundation for like, no, you are here to make connections. You are here to do business. Right. And I'm like, look, I found my business BFFs at FinCon. Right. I agree. Right. I think I went in to FinCon trying to almost like posture, like, no, I'm not a content creator. I'm just here trying to learn, right? Because I was on the on the community pass for FinCon because I'm not a financial planner. To be able to walk out of there 
with connections like you and affiliate partners and an accounting group and also a list of resources and a foundation of like here if you wanted to start a podcast here are all the things you need to think about right but then it's not just like me arbitrarily just googling it's like oh no like there are actual things that exist already that we can tap into and because we were physically there at FinCon I think it, it was just this experience of like wow like where else would I be in a room with all these people who love talking about money and are so open about sharing their knowledge with each other. Yeah, right? no, I, I agree. The p people there were totally very welcoming. And I'm, I'm glad that you kind of just embraced that instead of putting it off until like January of next year, just like, you know, hey, let me go for it right now. There's something beautiful about just seizing the moment. And here we are a couple of weeks later, we're getting off the struggle bus immediately. Take the next exit. <laughs> Taking the next exit. Exactly. Next stop, next exit. I learned a, a lot about compound interest. And I mean, yes. I knew the concept of it, but tying it to this experience of like, I've been thinking about this podcast for the past year. I had no infrastructure to actually do it, to make it sound right and make it look professional. Not until a few weeks ago when we all met at FinCon. Right. right? And yeah. so I'm like, wait. <laughs> Maybe little by little, it's not going to be perfect, but it is something. Absolutely. And I think, you know, another thing I learned from you and FinCon and even what we're doing right now is just kind of going for it. So many times you can let perfect get in the way of good. If that thing is 80, 85%. Sometimes if it's 70%, you just got to go for it. You know, 70% beats zero all day. You know, when you got out there that day and you started recording, I got out there the next day and started recording. And I mean, some of those recordings I've looked at them, they look rough. And so, but I mean, <laughs> the ones I made, like my face is halfway cut off, but I'm like, Hey, I'm gonna go ahead and post this anyway. Cause it's, it's a learning experience. And so like, even right now us connecting, you know, learning. And it's like, you know, when you're doing your podcast, on episode 25, on episode 50, 100, you'll be like, oh, wow, you know, I've learned so much. But I mean, hey, the growth curve from even two weeks ago to now, I mean, the starting point is like, hey, let's go. So it's exciting. Yeah. It just felt so infectious, you know, Absolutely. because you're in the room with all these people, right? And like, I've never had a podcast before. Right. But I do talk about this topic a lot with my friends. And, and I woke up that second day going, wait a minute, I'm surrounded by money people and right. I'm not necessarily a money person. So maybe I couch these two questions in like just shameless curiosity of maybe money tips that will help me as a person, right? Sure. I managed to talk to like 22 people who, wow. you know, one, was able to, were able to share a money mistake. And my second question was three money tips. Now that I have my hands on a video editing software that actually works for me, I'm so excited to chop up all the videos because there are gems in, yes. that, in those two questions that I ask people. Another thing I really loved about FinCon is there's so many people from so many walks, so many countries, so just so many different authentic and organic experiences that each one had, that each person that I t spoke to have, you probably discovered the same thing. And people were so genuinely wanted to share their experience of how they got into the industry or different experiences that they've had that helped shape the way that they currently think and approach things in the money conversation. Literally no two conversations were the same. And I really appreciated the uniqueness of every interaction. I was on the plane coming back from FinCon, like 
downloading every presentation from the app. Right. Because I'm like, what am I going to read on this plane? <laughs> I think I've taken these couple of weeks to just be like, okay, what? It's information overload, right? There's so much great information out there. All these folks are doing great things. But I'm like, what? how do I absorb this? I'm talking about the public sector and how we have to figure out money for personal finance and as individuals. For some reason, I ended up gravitating to all the millennial people that are like working out money. There is something to, to be said about at FinCon, you find your people, right? And so like here, like here we are talking, right? right. Because you are definitely right. part of that list of like, oh, I found my people, my money people. You right, know? right. Did that, did it feel that way for you? Yes. The funny part is that you were the first person I got to connect with on content at FinCon and actually the first person I got to connect with content after FinCon. Next week, I'm actually getting to connect with maybe about five other people from FinCon. And so I feel the same way. I'm get, about to get to meet with all these other people. And so I'm really excited just because when you're trying to reach out to people just on Instagram or YouTube or just super dry, like, hey, I do, I see you do money stuff and I do money stuff. But you don't really know if there's a vibe or if they like what you do, but in, in person, you get to meet so many people and it's like, oh, hey, I like your shirt or, you know, or you said this, I heard you overheard you saying this, or I just was buttoning into people conversation and like, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, you guys are talking about Ninja Turtles or just something total random. One guy, we, he and I were talking about cars and he was telling me some old car stories and then we end up connecting on some other stuff. And then now we're going to connect in a couple of weeks. It was definitely great to find the people. And then, but it was such a, like an eclectic group of people who are my money people. So it was like, you know, people in different countries. And so I was just like, wow, this is insane. Hey, like my, my career has been in tech and politics Right. So I'm usually in rooms that aren't exactly as diverse as the room we were in at FinCon. Or right. Like the whole, like, I, I was like, oh no, I'm going to a money conference. There's going to be a whole bunch of old white dudes. But then it was not that. Right. I've been to many a conference in my career. Right. I don't think I've ever had the enthusiasm that I've had to talk to people. And it's funny because all of you are like, what do you mean you're an introvert? Right. <laughs> yeah, I definitely met a couple of people who said that they were introverts. And I was like, really? Um, that wasn't the first thought I would have got after hearing you talk for the last 45 minutes. Like, you know, but he has like a couple of people I saw that night, they were like, hey, I think I've kind of hit my, my, my social max. I got to go back to the room and recharge. And I was like, really? And so, um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it, I, I I agree. You know, I feel like it can be that, and I'm sure other industries could be like this too. A bulk of my experience is in the money industry because I've I've worked in this industry. But I mean, and it is, sometimes it's just possibly luck. Initially, I was in the nonprofit sector, and then I was working on getting into the finance sector. And then I had a guy come up to me one day. I'm at a happy hour at a work, and I mean, I'm working in the mail room at this fun company. And the guy was like, "Hey, you know, I keep seeing you around." Um, what do you want to learn in your career? Do you want to learn some things? And then he kind of like got me started pulling me into meetings. His, what he was doing had nothing to do with what I was doing, but really he just started mentoring me and started pouring some mm -hmm. stuff into me, telling me how to interview, telling me how, what words to say, how to position my resume. And 
you know, and he ended up being a great mentor to kind of, to get me into the field. This was 10 years ago, but I feel like I was receiving some of that same type of thing now moving into the DIY finance place from different relationships that I've made at FinCon. I mean, people are like, oh, hey, you live in South Florida? You know, hey, I'm going to be on a call, you know, next week with um, da-da-da thing. You know, you want to join in? I'm like, Yes, I'd love to. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Like, great idea. Like, uh, I'll be there five minutes, 10 minutes early. Yeah, for sure. It's been some of that same kind of people pulling you along. And I really appreciate that. It's not just so much, hey, I'm doing this or I'm doing that or what you got going on. But they're like, hey, we can all do it. And so I really appreciate just the, the family aspect. I mean, it's legit. It was like FinCon is family. To be able to walk away with money people and like friendships, you know, absolutely uh, was a was something magical, and I haven't experienced it since maybe you know I graduated grad school, you know, right. Um, and being a bunch of first timers figuring it out together, right. There was this struggle bus aspect of all of us are like, okay, this is what we do right now, but. Hey, you're a you're a first timer too. Like, how can we grow together? So, like, when we see right. each other next year, we're like knocking all these things out. You know? Yes, and I'm I'm looking forward to where where we're heading as a, as a group already. Yeah, I feel like yeah. we're off to a solid start. You know, two weeks later. <laughs> what was the biggest takeaway for FinCon that you're like implementing in what you're doing next? One, of course, the biggest takeaway was the relationships, being able to go home with this new roller decks of people who you can call and hit up and kind of bounce ideas off of and kind of go through the same struggle together. One of the biggest things was just the thought of being consistent. We all talk about the importance of consistency. I was talking to one person who had recently scaled their Instagram to 100,000 people. They'd had a lot of slow growth for the first two years. And then all of a sudden kind of one post just kind of took off. And then all of a sudden they're like at a hundred thousand people right before FinCon started. She was just talking about, she was like, nothing came easy. She was like, but I just had to be consistent. I just had to be, you know, I was consistently posting every day, consistently showing up. Another guy who has a podcast and had about 50 something thousand on Instagram, he was saying the same thing, being consistent, just consistently posting, you know, when you do, when you don't want to post. And I have to be honest, there are times where I'm, I'm slightly consistent. And then there's times where, you know, I didn't fell all the way off and I've <laughs> disappeared. And, um, and last week was one of those weeks. I came home with all of this like pre-recorded content and I finally just barely edited one video yesterday. And I said, Hey, I'm gonna get that on Instagram before me and MJ talk today. Just full disclosure is not up there yet. And so after we get off the call, I am going to put it on and say, Hey, I just got to keep it 1000%. Consistency starts over again for me today. And so we're going to be, be getting consistent again today. And so I feel like that was one of the things as you know, consistency. And then also what I just talked to, touched on just a minute ago was like, you know, not letting perfect get in the way of good. Because even if you look at some of the sites that we use. If you look at Amazon 20 years ago, 2002, 2003, you know, and I'm going to college and getting books, it was a way different site than what it is now. But I mean, hey, they've grown over the course of 20 years. And I know where I'm comparing us to Amazon, but you know, hey, we can dream. But I'm just saying there was a consistency of them showing up every day, offering a product, and then there's growth. The other thing that I learned is that really there is no competition. There are so many people in this world, so many people in this country, and so many people 
vibe on so many different levels. And it's like, we're all creating content. But I mean, if you look at music, how many music artists do you listen to? How many books do you read by different authors? How many movies do you watch? Even though we're all creating content in the financial space, we're not really competing with each other because people who consume content consume all types of content, just like how we do with movies, books, songs, and everything else. People are also talking about sustainability, right? Yes. Like you kind of need to make sure that you also have the infrastructure around you that will help you be consistent, right? right. Whether it's outsourcing your editing or figuring out like your video editor or your scheduling or, you know, what are the batch content, right? Like what are your things that you're going to chop up from all the content that you're collecting, right? Um, right. That was that was sort of the takeaway for me because I too am also challenged with the consistency factor and building a new channel, building out a new podcast, right? It's hard. Right. <laughs> it's all, this is all going to be hard and it's not going to be perfect. Uh, also, the idea of keeping up with inflation, right? Like, in, yes, you have your nine to five job or whatever you do, right? And making sure that you also have things in place so that you're making some kind of passive income, I think is a is an idea that like was new to me because I never thought about keeping up with inflation before. Yes. And again, my day-to-day is not finance, right? right? I'm working in the public sector. I'm like, wait a minute. Yes, I get raises, but I've never actually compared it to how much this raise equals the amount of inflation. Right. Which is, you know, a hot topic right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, I think just also because we're in a, a, a an extreme inflationary times in comparison probably to like probably our entire life. Um, like I, w- mm-hmm. I won't ask you to uh, say your age, but I'll say that I am 38. And so um, during my whole time, we've, we've basically as an adult, you know, from the time I was in early 20s till now have kind of grown up in a low, in, in what would technically be considered technically like low inflationary times, whereas now all of a sudden inflation has taken off and it's like, oh my gosh, like this is a, a real thing. So I feel like, you know, even me working in finance, we would talk about inflation, but it was just kind of like, oh, you know, I mean, like it, it was real, but it's not that bad. Whereas now it's like, oh, like, you know, you could feel it that same $200 you take to the grocery store does not come home with the same amount of groceries you came home with two years ago when you went to the grocery store. What made you go to FinCon? I wanted to get connected into this finance community. I worked at a registered investment advisor. I've been working in that field since 2014. And what a registered investment advisor is for any of the listeners who don't know, is like somebody would come in, they'd bring a certain amount of money at the firm I was at. They had to have $1 million liquid. And then we would basically build them a portfolio to manage that money. And then we would also build them a financial plan. That's part of the RIA industry. I was exiting that industry and kind of moving over to what I do now at SteadyWorth, which is basically DIY financial planning. Prior to FinCon, I had been listening to podcasts and actually sending out cold emails, reaching out to people on LinkedIn. But you know, when you get those emails and stuff, it's like, is this person a weirdo? Like, you know, are they are, are they authentic? Are they just reaching out to me because they heard that I have a podcast? One of my main reasons for going was to meet the new family and build community. And I really enjoy connecting with people in person. I feel like that's one of my stronger suits. I would not be able to 
classify myself as an introvert. I'm very extroverted. I will go up and start talking to the total stranger like, hey man, what's going on? Like, where are you from? I needed to do some of that so I could help build that network and learn things. I feel very comfortable in the RIA industry where I came from, but also in transferring over to this new place, even though I've worked as a financial advisor and I have a CFP and all that stuff, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And there's a lot that I do not know, even though I've been working in this industry. The best thing to know quickly is that there's a bunch that you don't know and figure out who can you surround yourself with it so you can learn it quickly and, and as efficiently and have that community. And so that was a big reason why I wanted to attend FinCon was to, you know, help build that community and start learning those things I don't know. I've always been under the impression that anybody who works in finance knows how to be super wealthy and knows how to navigate their money in all these different ways. Being at FinCon made me realize there's so many different ways to learn personal finance and approach it, right? Some people like doing the DIY way. Some folks need a little more handholding, right? Absolutely. And going to FinCon really illuminated the nuances in how people approach personal finance. And it wasn't just like, oh, I do an e-commerce store. Oh, I do a course. Oh, I make money by speaking on stages. There were so many different paths that you could sort of choose from. And yeah. I really appreciated being exposed to all these paths, right? Because now I'm like, I've never thought about money in this way. I've never bucketed my time this way. I've never had this infrastructure to to work off of because it's it's just not something that I would ever think of because you don't know what you don't know. That's right. <laughs> That's right. No, I, absolutely. I agree. And so, um, and, and the best thing you can do is put yourself in position to find out what you don't know as quickly as you can so that you can avoid those pitfalls. It was really interesting to see the how fast the scammers also followed us though, or followed me at least on Instagram. Like uh -huh. I would follow the, the actual person that I knew because I met them in person and I know that that's their handle. Right. Suddenly I was followed by like three or four different handles with, you know, similar iterations of the name. And I'm like, I know you're not this person because I'm literally watching this person talk on stage right now. And right. you're trying to get me to give you like, $500 or some, whatever to invest. Like, right. I know this is a scam. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't get to the scam part of it, but I definitely had those people start following me. And I was like, dang, I was like, this is a good account. Like this, it looked super close to a couple of the people. But then the person like messaged me and was like, hi. And I'm like, okay, he would not message me hi on Instagram when we've already been talking today on WhatsApp. But at one point it was like, oh, this person started following me. I'm like, I thought we already followed each other. And so like, so at one point, I mean, it was like super close. Like I was confused. I, so I started following the person. So then I had to go back and unfollow because I was like, which account is which? And then I got on Instagram yeah. and he was like, yeah, I'm one of the people who've gotten a fake account. I'm like, man, these people are on top of it. Like with the, with the fake it's stuff. So, on top of it. so it's, it's a new, it's a new realm and a new set of things we have to watch out for. But I feel more confident going into this because we have, you know, each other and the group right. of folks that we met from FinCon, right? And being that we met in person, you can really say like, no, that's a scam. I know you. Right, right. <laughs> you wouldn't say this 
Right. And also you could say that's a, a good person too. I spent a few days with them, but I feel like a lot of our relationships got to be fast-tracked because if we had to just yeah. met online, we only could talk for so long online, but you would see people and then you would kind of get all of these micro encounters with them throughout the day. We created some content that day, but then we also went to dinner with a group of people and then all of us were at an after party and then we were all, you know, here and there. We kind of kept getting to meet and have all these micro interactions, whereas like, back home in our respective cities and states, how could we have had that many interactions in such a short period of time to be like, hey, actually, I really enjoy being around this person. It was so valuable. And I'm so excited to be going back next year and seeing how all of this stuff changes. Yes. And you're going back (laughs) as a creator. I know. Right. You won't be saying, Hey, I'm starting this podcast. You're like, yeah, I'm a podcast. You know, we got like 300 episodes up. I actually just kind of finished interviewing Joe Rogan, you know? And, um, so yeah, so, um, yeah, I know I told him, I I was like, Joe, I don't even want to be on yours. Why don't you just come be on mine? You know, like, I don't even want to show up like that. So like, and now here we are. Huh. Can you imagine me talking to Joe Rogan? No gracias. This might be a deep cut, but I'm still salty at how he treated Balot on Fear Factor. But Hey, it's not about him. It's about our friend, Gabe. We jump back into the conversation with some foundational thoughts around budgeting. Hope this concept helps you in your personal finance journey. So I actually went through your your YouTube because YouTube is like the next frontier for me. <laughs> I love the way that you talk about money habits. As somebody who's just starting out in personal finance and like really figuring it out, where should I start? What is the one thing that I should do as I figure out my personal finance? I would see this a lot when I was working at a registered investment advisor is that people would come in with their money and then they would build a financial plan around their current life and the current money that they have. But my thought is, is that life is kind of short. So instead of building a a plan around the current life you have, why don't we figure out what is your dream life and then build a plan to get you there instead of like thinking, okay, one day when I retire, I'll be in that perfect life. Or one day when I do X, when I get married or when I have this business, think about what that current life is, what that current day to day is, and how can you get yourself to do that now for me? And I mean, this was a long stretch, like living in Berkeley, I was like, Hey, a perfect day for me, I'd be able to wake up, spend some time journaling go to the beach, walk on the beach, get in a workout and kind of come home and I'd be working from home. I'd be able to spend some time with family members and have a home-based business. And so I was making some of those videos a year ago and now I'm actually living that life. I could have easily said, hey, with this money I have, I'm going to build my life in the Bay Area. But then I thought, is this really where I want to be or do I want to be part-time work, part-time beach bum? Once you get clear on your goals, then it's like, okay, How am I going to get my money to go towards those goals? Because it's so quick when money comes in and it's like, you know what? I don't feel like cooking right now. Why don't we go out to eat? Why don't we take a quick trip here? Or why don't we buy new clothes or a new this? Or even if it's something for work, why don't I go buy a new microphone for this podcast? Because I would like to have three (laughs) microphones because I nerd out on this stuff. I had to think like, okay, let me prioritize. And so even in moving to Miami and doing all of these things, there's certain stuff that when when you say yes to something, 
sometimes you have to say no to some other things. And so there's definitely been things in life that I have to say no to. I've had to say no to some people's birthday parties. I've had to say no to a few weddings this year. I've had to say no to a few funerals this year because they didn't line up financially into some of the other things I had going on. And getting into the money thing is really learning to prioritize what you want to do. When you set a goal, a goal isn't always what you want to accomplish, but also the other side of that goal is what you want to give up. I say, hey, you know, I want to get a six pack, which I do in the next six months <laughs> and a, a longstanding goal. And we haven't quite got there yet, but I need to get one before 40. So, you know, hey, we're going to be 39 next month. But next time we're doing another one of these podcasts, you can check in with me on that. But, you know, if I say I want to get that six pack, that's what I want to accomplish. But really the other side of that goal is I'm saying I'm not going to eat cookies late at night or I'm not going to even eat them every day. I might be eating them once a week on that cheat meal. Or I might not be able to eat them for six months while I'm cutting, you know, to get those muscles showing. Who knows? Your financial goal is the same way. And so if you're saying like, hey, I want to go live in another country for six months, what's the other side of that? In this society that we live in with Instagram and TikTok, and we see all these people, it looks like they're having their cake and eating it too. People have these unrealistic things that when it comes to money, which is actually driving people to be broke because they're trying to show Mm -hmm. that they have all of this and all of that instead of being realistic with themselves. So in summary, get clear on what it is that you actually want in life and then start making sure your money is going there. When you spend money, you know, the things you buy either go up in value or down in value. The more money you spend on things that go down in value, the more you'll have to work to maintain your lifestyle. The more you spend on things Mm -hmm. that go up in value, the more things that you buy that go up in value, the less you will have to work to maintain your lifestyle. So the key here is to buy things that go up in value. Then all of a sudden you have to work less to maintain your current lifestyle. Keep your spending low. You'll be living a rich life quickly. Okay, so I am doing three things after this conversation with Gabe. One, envisioning the life I want to live. Two, track my damn spending. I know it's hard and people are scared to see where your money goes, but tracking your spending is so important. Three, adjust my money habits day by day. This is a long process. Nothing is gonna happen overnight. And so the day by day approach is super important. What you all can do is check out steadyworth.com. Tell them MJ sent you. And a special offer for our listeners, since we're all getting off the struggle bus of financial planning, SteadyWorth offers 22% off of any of their courses as we close out 2022. Just use the code OTSB22. I'll put it in the show notes. Make a financial plan using Gabe's program and take charge of your financial future. In any case, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to share it with a friend. Screenshot it and tag us on Instagram at MJ underscore OTSB and at SteadyWorth. That's S-T-E-A-D-Y-W-O-R-T-H. You can also rate this podcast and leave a review wherever you listened. I'd really appreciate it. And as always, you're not alone in figuring out your personal finance. I'm MJ, and we're getting off this struggle bus together. Until next time.